welcome to the SpursDynasty.com podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the SpursDynasty.com podcast. I'm Trace Ronning, joined as always by the genius basketball mind of Stephen Hale. Stephen, how are you doing tonight? Uh, you're too kind, Trace. I don't know if I'd call myself a genius, but you just go ahead and keep saying that kind of stuff, man. I'm good. How are you, bud? <laughs> Yeah, maybe I should call you a madman. I, you know, you seem really willing to dive into the black hole of Spurs Twitter, so I don't know if that's that. It might not actually be a genius move. You're probably taking some years off your life. Yeah, I know. I did it again today. I got suckered. I actually had a, uh, a, a pretty crazy afternoon, and then I found myself with like an hour of free time, and so I peeked into the dark hole, the black abyss that is known <laughs> as Spurs Twitter, which is really dark today. And... Um, Spurs fans, as expected, Trace, were going crazy because, well, apparently there was a big, the world's longest sports article was released today uh, by Mike. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm glad I'm it was long. Thinking that it was a really long read. I, you know, it, was, it wasn't a bad read. It was. It wasn't like I. It wasn't like anything felt super unnecessary, but it was. It was a long one. And uh, yeah. yeah, Ramona Ramona Shelburne from ESPN dropped a dropped a big piece. Uh, in, her and Michael Wright, I should say, that's always important to include. Yeah. He's the guy who covers the Spurs locally for ESPN. And uh, you know, it's just it's called the uncomfortable silence of Kawhi Leonard, and it was, it was mm-hmm. an interesting an interesting look at you know how how the people around Kawhi Leonard are now driving the Kawhi Leonard narrative, while those close to Kawhi unnamed sources close to Kawhi uh, seem to maintain that, you know, his line of thinking has not changed at all this whole year. He's, you know, he's just Kawhi wants to get good at basketball, wants to play basketball. If he was, if he wasn't hurt, he would be playing for the Spurs. And to, to to up the ante here, you know, less than 30 minutes ago, ESPN or Chris Haynes says, uh, Chris Haynes on Twitter says that, ESPN sources say that Spurs all-star forward Kawhi Leonard and his advisor are back in San Antonio after nearly six weeks of doing uh, rehab in New York on his quad injury. And at the moment, there's no scheduled date to meet with the Spurs brass, but he is back in San Antonio. So, Stephen, you, you, know, you, you spent some time in the black hole today. Now, what do you, you know? What are what are people saying about Kawhi on on Twitter today, mm-hmm. and, and what do you think is is going on? Yeah, so um, the article first off was uh, actually some one of the better pieces of journalism that I've seen come out of ESPN in a while. Um, I thought it was actually a pretty pretty unbiased take on the situation. It was a lot of fact finding. I thought it showed um, it, it put a unusually um, broad spotlight onto Kawhi Leonard's camp and their involvement with this and some pretty, pretty strong statements and accusations made about that camp and what their intentions may or may not be. Obviously lots to be said about the um, kind of quote unquote discord, especially as it pertains to Kawhi's medical diagnosis. And as far as the black hole affectionately known as first Twitter, it's largely a lot of people picking sides. And the side uh, that you, the two choices that you have are who do you kind of adhere to, the, the Spurs and their way of handling things, and, uh, or Kawhi and uh, the way that he's handled it and the silence that he's actually had. 
Um, I don't know, Trace, that Twitter is ever going to be the voice of reason in any scenario ever in life, but it sure is fun to watch. And um, we'll probably dive into the Kawhi saga in depth in some later episodes. But for the most part, I would, I would, I feel like Spurs Twitter is really divided right now about who to believe and, and what to accept. And uh, as Chris Haynes tweeted out, Kawhi's back in San Antonio with his advisor, which I would assume is probably Uncle Dennis. And uh, Uncle Dennis and Kawhi are probably grabbing some wing stop right now. And, of course, uh, Greg Popovich is still um, – you know, tending to his family needs for his personal matters. So I, it's not surprising that there's no meeting uh, set, but, you know, Kawhi doesn't live in New York, so it's not unusual for him to eventually return home. Six weeks is about a proper assessment for some additional therapy. And uh, I do find it interesting, Trace, that he's back after six weeks and he wasn't there indefinitely, which makes me think that maybe there was some real value to him being there for that period of time and makes sense why he wouldn't uh, stop that therapy to join up with his team. Just an interesting little milestone in that. And we can dive more into that um, down the road, but uh, yeah, it was, thing, uh, it was I just a, want to say one, uh, I just want to say one thing, you know, with, with, uh, with Kawhi, you know, there, there was during the first round series against the Warriors, there was a lot, there were a lot of people who complained very loudly about how Kawhi wasn't there to sit on the bench while San Antonio played against the Warriors. And it, it really out the word unfairly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, totally, though. And, 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 and it was really confusing to me. And so one of the cool things, I don't know, cool, whatever word it is, um, one of the interesting things I, in that article that Ramona Shelburne uh, posted today was that, you know, there was actually talk of, of you know, Kawhi, Kawhi and Pop were actually talking, and he was saying, you know, I want to go, or it, it sounded like, you know, Kawhi wanted to go watch a game, be with the team. And then when yeah. Pop left to the team after his wife passed, but, or I, I was going to say suddenly passed, but maybe it's not suddenly, um, Kawhi decided, okay, you know, I'm going to, Pop's not there. I'm just going to keep working on this, this leg of mine. And, you yeah. know, it's, maybe it's too bad that didn't come out a week ago, but it just, it just kind of goes to show you at least, like we, there's always things that we don't know as fans, and and we need yeah. to stop pretending that like we 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 make up these conversations like oh you know you know man that that the Kawhi is, is talking to those guys every day and like he just he's just telling them he doesn't want to be there. It's like those those conversations probably aren't happening, man. Like the conversations yeah. that are happening are probably way more benign than what you're imagining in your head, and that's that's all yeah. I want to say about about Kawhi anymore for today, I guess. Yeah, me too. I think it's safe to say that uh, we don't know probably half of what's actually happening in the conversations that these people, they are people, Trace. They are not idols. They are people, and they act like people, and they have relationships like people. They just have a really specific talent, and that's to play basketball, and they get paid a lot of money. But they are people nonetheless. But we should That's talk about right. players. We should talk about Spurs players that actually played this year, and maybe <laughs> maybe do some some recap, some yearly recaps here. Yeah. So we, you know, you and I, we talked about 
doing a, you know, people love grades. I, I don't know if I yeah. like grades. Grades stress me out, but I never I had good grades, so I hate them. <laughs> yeah. And so why should we give others good grades? Well, because we enjoyed watching a lot of people play basketball this year. So I think mm-hmm. for the next few weeks, now that San Antonio has been sent home packing early, uh, we, we thought it'd be fun to just kind of talk about a couple, two or three players per episode, talk about, you know, how their season went and if, you know, assign them a letter grade going into the off season with, with some homework to work on for next year, maybe. And if it's all right yeah. with you, I think it's only fitting to start with the, the lone, the lone all-star on San Antonio's team this year, the guy who, you know, without him, San Antonio probably wouldn't have even been into the playoffs. I think that's probably a good place to start. What do you think about LaMarcus Aldridge? Yeah, I love it. Um, I do. And LaMarcus, LaMarcus was fabulous this year. Um, all things being considered, when you think about, you know, talking about Kawhi, we were just in this situation. It felt like, you know, coming up on 12 months ago, uh, at least getting close to that timeline with LaMarcus. LaMarcus was a shell of himself uh, last year, you know, for a lot of ways. You saw some highlights. You saw some glimpses, but you never really saw it come to fruition. Goes into the offseason and um, becomes the first player under Greg Popovich that says, hey, coach, I know the Spurs are the Spurs, and I know that you're Coach Popovich, but I want out. I want to get a trade. And Popovich was basically like, unless you're willing to accept pennies on the dollar, I'm not going to get a good player for you it's probably in our best interest to work this out together. And then Popovich kind of, uh, you know, I've been critical about him of being stubborn, but pop did, you know, show a little bit of humility and said that he wasn't coaching him the right way and uh, was able to renegotiate his game plan for LaMarcus and renegotiate his strategy. And eventually they gave him a contract extension. And um, I think it was worth it trace because in my opinion, LaMarcus had his best year as a pro, um, I thought he was consistent from game one to game 82. Obviously, there was a few, you know, hiccups in between, uh, you know, maybe a few off games here and there. For the most part, he was a consistent, solid, steady rock in this, uh, in this crazy, hectic season from hell. And um, I think the Spurs fans and the Spurs organization – uh, should give LaMarcus Aldridge a lot of credit for the performance that he per- turned in this year. And you said it exactly right. I, there's no way that the Spurs are making the playoffs without LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, Trace, they're probably a lottery team without him. But uh, he really raised his game this year to the next level. And I'm going to be very generous with LaMarcus Aldridge. And I'm going to grade him with an A-. minus. Um, gives him a little bit of room for improvement, I guess. But uh, I thought he had an exceptional year, and uh, I really enjoyed having him on the roster. And I, I, I love, uh, I love what Greg Popovich did with him this year and the way that he got him the ball. And um, I'm kind of excited to see uh, if Lamarcus is ready to really extend his range a little bit and become. Uh, a true three-point shooter to where he can adapt with the ever-changing game of NBA basketball. And I'm kind of excited for the future of LaMarcus Aldridge on his remaining contract. Yeah. I mean, people wanted him run out of town last year and, you know, it, it could have been, could have happened if he had gotten his way. It's or nonsense. We're glad. Yeah, I'm super glad Pop was able to talk him off the ledge. 
And I, and I think I want to start where you left off with talking about three point shooting. You know, Marcus had an incredible year, and we saw a little we saw a little glimpse of him. You know, maybe shooting the three. He actually, he, this is his third best. If you want to look, this is the third best year from three, uh, just during the regular season in terms of shooting percentage. So he shot twenty nine percent, which is not great, but uh, <laughs> but it was yeah. the third best. So you know, um, mm-hmm. that's not a game, and that, that's exactly where I would like. We saw. We saw a pretty consistent year out of him, and the only times we didn't see it, like we didn't, the only times that things weren't working out for the Marcus are when his mid-range shot isn't working, and it's hard, especially in the NBA now, to live and die by the mid-range jump shot. You know, by all by all like measures of efficiency, like nobody even bothers shooting the, the you know a long two-point shot anymore. It's just it's just not worth it. Like you might as well take two more steps back yeah. and, and go for a three effective field goal percentage would tell you that that's, you know, that's, that's the money shot right now. And a lot of guys are learning how to shoot that. I mean, every, like everybody on the Golden State Warriors, except for Zaza can probably shoot a three. And Nick Young, I'm not giving Nick Young credit for anything. Nick Young and Zaza <laughs> can't shoot a three, but everyone else on that team could knock down a three in crunch time. I would, I would believe it. You know, if, if, if they needed it, yeah. she told me Kavon Looney knocked down a game winning three pointer. I'd be like, of course he did. Man. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he was probably wide open and everyone else was like, I'm triple covering Curry. So here you go, Kavon Looney. But, <laughs> and in the, and in, in, in the playoffs, you know, the Marcus had the odds stacked against him, but there were a couple yeah. ga- like game one, game one, he was pretty much non-existent game three. He was there, but not super effective. And, you know, I don't want to unfairly pass, pass any criticism onto LaMarcus because it's not like anybody else was really stepping up in those, in those particular games either. But in those games, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't hitting his jumper. And, and, and that happens to every shooter. But he doesn't have a lot to fall. He can get there. He can get in there in the paint. But when his jumper isn't going, it seems to really, like, mess with the rest of his game. So I, and I don't know what it is. Like, maybe when, maybe when LaMarcus's jumper isn't falling, you know, guys are able to figure out how to better – guard him in the paint, but you know, when he, when he's hitting his jumper, he he can can pretty much get away with anything. And so I'm really excited to see what comes out of him next year. There's going to be development of DeJounte Murray there. And and until otherwise, I'm assuming that Kawhi Leonard is going to be there. And I think if those three, I'm, I'm really, I'm really hopeful that those three are able to kind of just to spend a lot of time together this summer. And, you know, I don't, yes. you know, not necessarily just go their separate ways and work on their game by themselves. Cause if those three can kind of become, if those, if those three can build what Tony Manu and, and Duncan had built in the early two thousands and mid two thousands, I think that, I think the Spurs have like, I think the windows, I, I don't want to say the windows wide open, but they've got all those guys for the next three or four years. And, you know, the, nothing's impossible. So, yeah. But so, and figuring all, figuring the Marcus's and insanely great season. He beat this season. He he beat all of his career averages. He beat his career average in points, rebounds, assists, field goal percentage, free throws, win shares. He, he beat all of it. And for that, and especially his improved, he gave a lot of effort on defense this year. And I was yep. really pleased to see that because. Huge last year, and the, yeah, yeah, last year that was a glaring problem for him, and it's hopefully, hopefully yeah. fixed. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him a step up from what you gave him. I'm gonna give him an A. I don't know, no, I guess if he, 
if he doesn't get an A plus, I don't know if anybody on this podcast is getting an A plus. But <laughs> I'm giving him an A because he improved. He improved, you know, over from his first two seasons in San Antonio across the board, and and yeah, there you know there are some things to work on. He could he could make a hundred percent of his jump shots, and until then, you know, maybe he just doesn't get an A plus. Yeah, I like it, but even more than liking all that, Trace is I want to talk about his his salary situation, which I think uh, which I think warrants some attention here because Marcus was paid. 21 million this year. He's up for 22 million next year and 26 million the following year. Uh, and then 2020, he'll make 24. So he's going to be hanging around here for uh, a little bit on what I believe to be a very, very good contract. And the reason I believe that is Trace, I'm going to read you some players in the NBA and uh, who are paid higher than LaMarcus Aldridge. And we're going to look at the value of this. LaMarcus Aldridge is the 36th highest paid player in the NBA. Here is a list of names of some players that have a contract that is bigger than LaMarcus. They're getting paid more money than LaMarcus Aldridge. We're going to start here. Uh, Steven Adams. Brooke Lopez. Mm. uh, Mm. Harrison Barnes. Dwight Howard. Hassan Whiteside. Had a good year. He did. Um, Andre Drummond. Otto (laughs) Porter. (laughs) Drew Holiday. Mike Conley. Playoff legend. Playoff legend, (laughs) that's right. That was for Drew Holiday, not Mike Conley. (laughs) Mike Conley has to get healthy enough to play in the playoffs before we can say anything about that. Yep. Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap got paid $31.2 million this year. I mean, when you look at the list of players that are, that are paid like that and you look at the contributions that LaMarcus Aldridge made this year, which will probably get him a second-team All-NBA. Maybe he doesn't get second-team. He, maybe he gets third. But he's going to be in the, listed as a top-15 player in the NBA this year and to be paid at the, as the 36th highest player. I mean, tell me honestly here, you know, would you rather have <laughs> would you rather have LaMarcus Aldridge on your team or would you rather have Otto Porter on your team? Like <laughs> I'll take LaMarcus Aldridge every day of the week and twice on Sundays. He he produced on a nightly basis. He did it in a way that was consistent and solid. He was reliable, uh like what Craig Greg Popovich called him. He was a workhorse all year long. And um this the the player we got this year, Trace, was the player that we wanted whenever the San Antonio Spurs signed him from Portland a couple of years ago. And I um, I just want to say again that I think I think he had a great year, and I believe that the best is yet to come for him. I hope he keeps improving. I really hope he develops that uh, that three point shot, man. Yeah, and I mean I think yeah I I'm totally with you on the value of this contract. You know, twenty six million. It might sound like a lot of money for a guy who's going to be 34 when that kicks in, but yeah, the salary cap. The but the cap is going to jump be, that year too. Yeah, exactly. The cap's going to jump, so it's actually going to be. It's not going to be any different than paying him 21 million dollars in 2017 slash 18. Yeah. Good man. Great value. Love his year. I want to talk about another player on the San Antonio Spurs who 
one of the only other players who showed up during the playoffs. But is it a young player? Not be era? It's, it's, uh, no, it's not a young player. Um, okay. It's a player who, who might not be around uh, next year. Yeah. It's a player who's uh, meant a lot to a lot of people in San Antonio and around the world for his antics, his wonderful shot-making ability, his insane passing. Mm-hmm. And his name is Manu Ginobili. So Manu Ginobili oh, man. is, a, is about to turn 41. He's about to turn 41 in a month or two. And that's social security checks in. <laughs> that's right. And what's, you know, he's, he's got a 25, sorry, 25. He's got a $2.5 million uh, <laughs> contract for 2018, 2019. But the jury's out as to whether or not he's actually going to keep playing basketball beyond uh, last week's last game against the Warriors. But, I think he has value in this league, especially for $2.5 million. I mean, you, I'm looking at, like, Mono Ginobili's numbers right now, and, and, and nothing, about, you know, nothing about what he did this year is going to really blow anyone away statistically. But there is just, I, I, there's a lot, I think there's a lot of value in, in having a guy like Mono Ginobili on your roster who at 40 years old mm-hmm. was able to, he, he, sparked, he, he sparked so many runs throughout you know throughout the season when the Spurs needed him. He was he was the only reason and not that I shouldn't say I'm not saying the only reason. He him and Lamarcus Aldridge were the only reason these Warriors games were even close at certain points of the game. And he's you know, he still plays defense. Yeah. He he's he's a, he's a great passer. Like these his defense has absolutely diminished as he's gotten older because it just turns sure. out that you get slower and, and you know less less strong. But Go figure. And he's, but his, but his hustle has, there's his hustle has never like his hustle has not declined at all throughout his entire career, no. and and his passing and he just he just man his his basketball IQ is just off the charts as they like to say, and I think I think even if he's even if he sits around even if he averages like less than ten minutes a year next year, and he you know he plays sporadically and and you know. Got helps guy like him being around Dejounte Murray is something that is really cool for me to see, and I hope that you know I hope that he's soaking up as much as he can for Mona Ginobili, and I hope that he yeah. can teach Dejounte that three pointer because he started pulling it out in those last few games of the playoffs. Yeah, but yeah. but I want Manu for one more year because I don't I don't like the way he went out. I want it, like if if he's going to go out in a you know in a lopsided series loss, I at least want San Antonio playing at full strength. Yeah. So exactly. So I hope Manu comes back for another year, and I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a. I'm gonna give him a a B for what he did in, in 2017-18. I yeah, think that feels I right. Think that's fair. I'm actually gonna give him a B plus um, because I'm grading on a curve here, and I think the fact that he's 40 deserves uh, a little bump in the scoring chart here. Um, I thought it was interesting, though, Trace. Uh, he, in 2015, I'm looking at his stats right here, according to basketballreference.com. In 2015 and 16, he played 19 minutes a game. In 2016-17, he was down to 18.7 minutes a game. And then in 2018, he actually went back up to 20 minutes a game. So he's playing 20 minutes a game at age 40. 
Trace, I mean, obviously Mono can do what he wants to do, but if he was able to come in and just play 15 to 17 minutes a game and get those spot minutes and be used in very like specific scenarios, even his value in a locker room, you know, a lot of uh, a phrase that likes to get floated around in the San Antonio Spurs organization is, is corporate knowledge. Like it's one thing to pay Tony Parker $15 million a year for corporate knowledge or Pau Gasol, whatever he's getting $18 million a year for corporate knowledge. Manu kind of outplayed both of those guys this year. And we'll talk about their scoring system on another podcast, but he had kind of outplayed both of those guys for a year. He has more corporate knowledge. I feel like, like he's smarter. He's more intelligent. You already mentioned his hustle. Like nobody can really challenge that. Um, and I did, a, you know, the last podcast we did, we kind of ranted and raved about his competitiveness and his like true spirit of the Spurs. You know, he's the heart and soul. He's the pulse of that team. And he did it for two and a half million dollars at age 40. Uh, there's no reason under the sun why Manu shouldn't come back other than he's just done. Uh, like he, he fits on this team. He can still play. I mean, he was, he looks, he doesn't look 40. I mean, he might, he doesn't look 18, but he probably looks like he's like, <laughs> like, is, is he, is there that much difference between him and Pau Gasol lumbering up the court? Or like, I forget that Tony Parker's 35. I constantly think like, oh yeah, Tony Parker, he's 38. He's up there too. Like Manu moves just as well as Tony does. Now, granted, Tony had a, you know, a tendon tear and, you know, had surgery, but you know, he, he does, he plays harder and faster and smarter and more, more so than those other guys that are his age. And that's why I give him a B plus. I thought he was great this year. Um, obviously a huge, you know, voice of reason in the locker room for a lot of things. Uh, he was, I thought he towed the line a little bit better this year than Tony Parker did. And maybe even Greg Popovich with his comments about Kawhi Leonard, you know, I felt like he understood that situation a little bit better, although he still had his frustration. And you said it too, you know, the value that he could bring to DeJounte Murray, um, because I don't think Tony Parker really wants to mentor DeJounte Murray, but I can see the, the teaching elements that Manu Ginobili has and we really, Manu deserves a, a final season tour. You know, Tim Duncan never gave us that right. He just left. He was just like, one day I'm not coming in anymore, and that's because I'm retired and you guys figure it out. But Manu, like, Manu needs to be celebrated. And he's a Hall of Famer, you know, first ballot guy. But I really hope he comes back, Trace, because I want, I want him to play with a team that's at full strength, that's good. But I want him to – I want the fans to have a chance to celebrate this guy. He absolutely deserves yeah. it. And there will ne- – people have said all the time, there'll never be another Ma- Michael Jordan or there'll never be another Magic Johnson, another LeBron James or whoever the player is that you want to insert there. Look, man, there will never be another Manu Ginobili, ever. And what he's contributed, not just to the Spurs, but to the game of basketball in general – I really hope he comes back, Trace. Manu, if you're listening to this, which I'm almost positive you are, please come back for another year. The dude popularized the Euros. Can you believe that he only made two all-star teams in his whole career? Two? Isn't that I mean, ridiculous? That's absurd. I know. It's because he came off the bench, but it's absurd. It's because he came off the bench. But, like, 
he came off the bench and scored double. You know, he's, I don't know, man. He should, he should have been in more All Star games. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to spend some time looking at all these All Star games while Manu had great seasons and just, just, just figure out if those people actually deserved it ahead of Manu. And I have a feeling I'm the answer I come up with is not gonna be yes. So yeah, the only two <laughs> years, be pretty. the only two years, the only two years he made the All Star team were years he was. He was uh, forced into a starting role for one reason or another. Tw- t- 2010, 2011, he started yeah. started 79 games. 2004, 2005, yeah. when they won that championship, he started 74 games every game he played in. So I guess that matters. And it was, I guess, well, that's why Lou Williams didn't make the all-star team. He was doing yeah. amazing for, for the Clippers. Yeah, and it was... You know, it was if he does go out though, Trace. If he does in like this, I just want to say it was great to see him in the playoffs this year, playing what I felt like was his best basketball. And what that what happened in that game four, like I, I already mentioned that that was one of the best Monty moments you know that I'll remember. But he, the the Spurs were never going to win that series against the Warriors, and Lamarcus Aldridge may have gotten them to the playoffs. But Monty Ginobili helped them save faith in the playoffs. Uh, that, I, I feel like if out, without Monty Ginobili on that team, had they have limped into the playoffs, they might have got beat by 30 every game against the Warriors. But Monty just had, he had that funk, that, that nasty, you know, that he was going oh, yeah. to make it bring competitive. Bring back the nasty, man. Yeah, bring back, back the nasty. nasty. I, I still have that shirt buried somewhere. Um, but yeah, he just, he has, he has so much competitiveness and so much class, um, and so much, you know, drive and determination that I, I really feel like he had a great, you know, playoff series, although it was as short as it was. And, uh, it was, it was great to see if, if, if that's the way he went out, Trace, it was great to see peak Manu one last time. I agree. And, you know, it's funny you say, you know, the Spurs knew they had no chance to uh, winning that series. But I have a feeling if you asked Manu, he, he would have he, he told you they had a chance. He wouldn't have believed yeah. you. He told them they didn't have a chance. Yeah. Which is what you love about Manu. Speak for yourself. Yep. That's right. Yeah. You blog boys, as Kevin Durant, <laughs> Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant would say. Uh, so cool. Thanks for, thanks, for, yeah. <laughs> thanks for joining me on the Blog Boy podcast tonight. Um, just kidding. Yeah, man. I think that I think that's all the time we have today. But um, yeah, thanks for you know thanks for joining me to chat about Manu Lamarcus and to a certain extent Kawhi's future tonight. I want to encourage mm-hmm. uh, everyone listening to find us on iTunes, find us on TuneIn, find us on Stitcher, find us on SoundCloud. It's the SpursDynasty.com podcast. Uh, make sure to make sure to tell all your Spurs friends. Give us a review. Let us know what you think. If you email podcast at spursdynasty.com, we'd love to hear oh, yeah. if you have any questions of things you'd like to have us talk about on the show. If you have any advice, if you want us to get new voices, we'll take it into consideration. I don't know how to do it, but we'll, we'll look into it. Yeah, and I'll don't forget do to follow us on. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're going to. Well, eventually, you know, Stephen's been in California for a long time, but he's, he's kept his he's kept his Texas twang there. So, you know, if you don't yeah. want to hear that anymore, we'll we'll figure out we'll, we'll put on an auto tune or something. I don't know. But anyway, T uh, <laughs> Pain, follow us on Twitter at SA Spurs Dynasty, and you can also follow Stephen and myself 
on Twitter, our personals. We also love to talk about the Spurs on those accounts. Steven is at the Hailstone, and you can find me at Dinna underscore dog, D-A-W-G. So that'll do it for tonight. Thanks for joining me, Steven. Uh, as always, great talking to you about the Spurs. And remember, go Spurs, go Spurs.